What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? It's your boy Big Bar from the Deuce in the building. I'm in the building with my boy DT. What up, people? And this is Culture Ground Zero Podcast. Ground you know Zero. what I'm saying? Right back at you one more again. Hey, look, check it, man. This weekend, man, there's a lot of action, DT, man. There's a lot of action. You know what I'm saying? The legendaries, you know, Mike Tyson Roy and Jones. Uh, Roy Jones, man, stepped back in the ring. You know, it was yeah. it was a it was a real interesting situation yeah. because it was like, man, you know, what we gonna get? What we gonna get? It was yeah. uh, Mike hasn't been in the in the ring for 15 years. Like 15, 2000, yeah. 2005, and uh, Roy Jones about three years, 2018. Two, three, something like that. So, yeah, yeah, it was it, it was something. Uh, you know, some legends. Mike was coming. Mike came at him though. Mike was throwing yeah, some Mike, shots. Mike, Mike was, was throwing, throwing some, some shots. shots he was throwing some shots, and uh, Roy <laughs> Roy was holding. He, yeah, you know, oh man, he was. T- hey, hey, how your boy Snoop say it, man? Hey, hey, hey he getting them ribs, getting Roy. The ribs, get out of here, the tenderonies, <laughs> the tenderonies, <laughs> the ribs on the grill, man. Yeah, ribs Snoop, on the grill. Was Snoop was hilarious. Snoop was hilarious. Hey, Snoop, Snoop stole the show, yeah, man, for real. <laughs> like his uncle's, his uncle's uh, squabbing. He squabbing said squabbing in the backyard, in the backyard man. Yeah, man. Yeah. It hey, a, it was it was hilarious. But I I think that you know even after the fight, Mike Tyson was saying you know because Jim Gray was asking Roy Jones about. Um, the draw, you know, no, no. Oh, the draw no. part. The draw part was funny. Yeah, the, he's the, like, the, I, he uh, he said, uh, "Do you how do you like the draw?" And, and Mike was like, "Man, I accept it. You know, it, it's it is what it is." And then he asked Roy Jones. Roy Jones said, "Man, I don't like draws." He said, "I wear draws. I don't like draws." <laughs> <laughs> but you he know, said, country, but he, yeah, but yeah. He, said, he said it'll take country it. Roy, man. But, but yeah. he was like, he was like, them shots was hurting though. He said, them body. He said every shot hurt. Right. Yeah. I know. I know. You can tell he was feeling them. Like, they was making a joke about Roy having the boo-boo after the fight because he was, you know. But that wasn't what that was. His ribs was hurting. Oh, yeah, I he, think he got some bleeding in oh, there, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, he was getting tagged, man. Hey, he the took, body shots? Oh, man, and, and Mike, you know what I'm saying? So, Oof. but Mike was saying, like, hey, y'all asking Roy about, oh, yeah. you know, was he scared or was he going to get hurt? Was he worried about getting hurt? He was like, what about me? Yeah, it's 15, been 15. Yeah, 15, yeah. like two, two, like three years after for him. Yeah, yeah, right. And, I mean, Mike wasn't lying. I mean, it really is something to train and get hit by another man or get hit by other people, you know. You, you oh, yeah, sparring is, yeah, sparring yeah, is different. different. You know, yeah. like you can be in the ring and get the gloves and do that glove work and different things. Right, but, but actually getting actually in the ring, combat, yeah, yeah. getting somebody mm-hmm. swinging at you, trying to knock you out or something completely yeah, different. that you up. Like, yeah, that then, toughen your jaw up to being able to take a real shot. Yeah, then the footwork. I mean, Roy was, you know, he's trying to do that footwork a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, but Roy he, he got, he got one. No, board, no, no he didn't. He didn't have it at all. Come but he did get one. He did get one shot. I saw one one punch in about six rounds I watched. Hey, you know what I'm saying? But, hey. You know, that was a cool moment for the culture to see them legends back in the ring. Mike say he might get back in there again. But, you know what I'm saying? The undercard was the uh, <laughs> event of the evening, man. Oh, you had YouTube star Jake Paul. Out. You know what I'm saying? And then you had Lights Out. Lights out. Nate Robinson Nate. in the building, man. You know what I'm saying? Superman. He was talking real yeah. tough. Superman was talking real tough and buff. He was out there to represent for the NBA, the culture, man. man. You know, he, hey, the whole NBA family was out there shouting him out. Yeah, you know, you had yeah. Steph Curry. Everybody was like, hey, you're doing it for us, Nate, man. Hey, this is the moment. Yeah, and, and then, then he got knocked the fuck out. Hey, man, Sweet. all the way out. You got a knot. Hey, and, man. Uh, yeah, it was Hey, he was went bad. to sleep, sleep, man. Sleep, smell like salt. Hey man, it, it was it was one of the most entertaining knockouts I've ever seen. I think. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> he slid face first into the yeah. into the into the uh, into that, and 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 you know, with technology being what it is mm-hmm. today, they got way too many angles, angles. and slow motions on brother. Man, angles. it is hilarious. Angles. <laughs> that shot he took at first, the first knockdown he had, right, right, when was he, like when, a, in the ropes. Yeah, in the ropes, it was like a three piece. I, he got I hit. I don't even 
don't even know why they let they let it go Hell after yeah. that. He man. got he got hit with that with that left with an uppercut and then that right <laughs> and then he went down and then after that man he just should have stayed down. I think Swaggy down. P was on, on the on, uh, watching the fight uh, on that moment talking about like man just just stay on down man it's, <laughs> got it's that, over Nate that three piece <laughs> then he got up I mean he, he showed a little heart he got up and then he just got yeah. walloped. No, nah, I mean he had nobody saying he didn't have no heart and of course you know it took a lot of courage to get in there and fight a professional fighter. Yeah. You know, in, in about three months too, right? Like you, three ain't, you ain't no fighter, but yeah. at the same time, it showed a little bit of cockiness, man. That you know, um, that you think just, you yeah. can just step in there yeah, like just that. Be, yeah, just because you're, you're an athlete, and you play right. basketball, right. It doesn't necessarily mean you can play football or you can box or bowl or even golf, something like that. You know, like you've been trained your whole life to play that particular right. sport. So you getting in the ring with a real boxer that does this, that trains every yeah. day, that's and been like in the I ring, said, and his chin been trained. Because yeah. that's the difference, yeah. though, too. Yeah. It's like, man, if you you know, you think you got chin, you might got a little chin in a street fight. Yeah. But, man, hey, it's a yeah. whole other thing then to rep- catch them three pieces yeah, like them, that. Then repeated blows to your yeah. chin. Oh, it was, yeah, that was, was softened up. So if man. you haven't seen it, it's, it's on, uh, I'm sure you've seen the, the memes. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. If <laughs> you haven't, killed, you ain't man. been on black yeah. Twitter, man. Yeah, he's, so, yeah, hey. he's getting killed on the memes. They hey. got the NBA logo with his body just dead. I, so. I remember watching um, uh, Pacquiao get knocked out. Oh, man. And that was bad. I think this was worse than that one. Yeah, man. Just the way he was just out. I mean, just because Pacquiao was a champion, his is worse. But as far as. But I mean, this one, this one was more entertaining. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But Pacquiao's was a little worse. As far as like the, the, the. for professional fights, it was, it was worse. I'm just saying the way that it looked. I think this one was But Pacquiao looked dead. He looked dead that, too. That night, looked dead too. No, no, we just knew Nate was asleep. <laughs> Nate looked dead hey, too. Hey, Pacquiao, the way his the way his head hit, and and it was that Letterman foot. trying to catch his head on the side of the ring, and his wife like, oh, <laughs> I mean that scene to me was just oh, more no, of I mean, a you know because it, 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 it's an argument. Yeah, Roy it's got an argument. I remember when uh, we was watching the fight. Roy, Roy got slept that first you. time too. I thought he was dead. Them is the three. Them is the three best knockouts of my life. And and them three, two of, two of them, I was scared for the person. Yeah. I wasn't scared for Nate, but Pacquiao. Yeah, Pacquiao was bad. Though. And um and Roy right. Jones, you remember man? I was sitting there talking to you and, and and your moms, and we just talking, and just out of nowhere, we just, we just all just like whoa. whoa. You know what I'm saying? It was it, it went quiet immediately, like for four or five minutes, because we trying to see if Roy he got, okay. He got slept. His legs <laughs> was crossed. Dude. Man, it was yeah. It was that crazy. was the most vicious man ever. But yeah, it, it, you know, I, I just think but it that was entertaining. Uh, it was entertaining. It was a hey, you know. It, then you it, had the then you had the, the hip hop acts too. Yeah, yeah, hip hop music. You know, some people okay. didn't like it out there. You know, you know, uh, you know, Yaya, you know, had something to say about uh, the acts. She didn't like the musical yeah. acts, like you know, you making a mockery of boxing. But I'm like, man, this was an exhibition. Yeah, you know wasn't. what I'm saying. So you had to provide some other type of entertainment to try to. And again, you know, I, I think that it was one of those situations where. You know, they they end up paying a lot of money to, to get Roy and Mike Tyson. You know, they they purse was guaranteed. And so I think that there was an issue with maybe selling the pay-per-view because at the end I seen 
you know, Tyson get Paulson a lot of credit for, you know, um, reviving the ticket and whatnot. And so, you know, there probably was some economics behind trying to get some of them acts in the building too. Yeah, like, no, I think they, they, they but, did a pretty but it, good. it turned out to be a good yeah. moment. I mean, they did a pretty good job for, yeah. for what it was. I mean, yeah. the undercard, you got, I mean, the, the, the big match was, again, Roy and, and Mike. But, but Nate Knockout Nate, actually yeah. lifted it up. Yeah, man. that and then the Snoop commentary too, because Snoop was out there, you oh, know, he stole man. the show like you said. Snoop so got to be there next yeah, time. So yeah. I think I think they could do this like quarterly or maybe even you know something and once or twice a year yeah, yeah. i mean you it, it, you know the thing is is it's too hard to get because i mean again they you know i don't think they got the money to really produce you know a, a real boxing event now with all of these boxers signed to promoters true so, I, th- I think that i think their thing is going to be like yeah like, like the big like, three well I think no. I think it'll be like the old school boxers. Like I told right, you, like the big like, three. Yeah, I the think like yeah, like you'll get yeah, big three. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Evander. And yeah, or you might get Lennox you know Lewis, Hopkins like in there because yeah. Hopkins already talked about. Yeah. So you know, the, the the thing that I'm saying is like you know, you only can make a. There's not that many of those fights that exist that you can really do that you can sell. So, yeah, so it's like you got to do it right each time. So I would t- I, like I said, once or twice a year would be the. Yeah. The most I think I could see from them. But again, you know, they struck gold. You know, I don't think it was there, you know, that that they could have ever foreseen like a viral moment like no. that. Because if, if it wasn't for, you know, Nate getting slept and Snoop, you know, commentary that went along with it, you know, it wouldn't have been a viral moment because Roy and, right, and, and exactly. Mike, yeah. you was- know, they wasn't they wasn't viral. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't viral material. It was just a couple, you know, old heads fighting, and it was cool. But, you know, again, Nate, you played your part, man. You got knocked out, but, man, hey, you did it for the culture. You got knocked out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure, man. But, hey, you know, I I just want to switch it up real quick, man. You know, uh, again, like I said, man, um, you know, 2020, there's been so many different things that's been going on, you know, from the politics. I think that, um, you know, hopefully – um, you know, Biden brings about, you know, some type of healing, but it's been a lot going on with, with, you know, politics and, you know, and it's starting to tamp down a little bit, but then you a also, little. huh? A little, a little, no, a little no, no. I mean, down. I mean a tad bit because, tad you know, I think everybody's aware that there's a, you know, once you got an expiration date, you know what I'm saying? I think that that's what the issue is, is that everybody knows that, you know, He'll be gone in 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 you know sixty days. True, then you, but then you can deal with it differently. Yeah, true. But he's starting. He's he's trying to start like World War Three. Oh yeah, I mean he's starting. Oh, you should, man, look. If you look at the uh, the um, Iranian scientists, oh, right, 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 right. That was sanctioned by the U.S. through Israel and Saudi Arabia. Yeah, peop, that's what people are, are are saying. But I mean, we we already knew, you know, what he was going to do. They know what he's going to do, so they're not going to do nothing till he gone. So in this, but in the next fifty days, I I just think that there's going to be more conflict and international stuff that he was going to going to happen just because. Yeah, he's he's going. He wants try, to sow chaos before Biden comes in. He's going to try things, but I think that um, this is this is the truth of the matter. Is I don't think that anybody's going to bite. Because all of these international leaders know that um, Biden doesn't sanction that. And once Biden takes over, there's a whole different regime. The only question mark is going to be for him is, are there war crimes that he would have to, you know, face if he does something? But, you know, that but that wasn't my point. I was just trying to get to the fact that, you know, it, it, it's been a lot going on in the culture. You know, you got the political aspect, mm-hmm. you got the social justice aspect. 
you know, and with that social justice aspect, I think there's been this move within the black community to um, focus in on black ownership and, and doing for self. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's been the move like in hip hop through, you know, the Atlanta base of, you know, MCs and legends and, you know, and through, and, you know, coming from other places. But ownership is a big thing right now. You know, Jeezy and Ross hit him with the, you know, almighty black dollar joint. And, um, but I think, you know, there's been also this thing where I've been seeing a lot of what it seems like to me, people, you know, trying to hold people accountable, you know, in that space. And so I seen, you know, recently we seen that, you know, Dave Chappelle, you know, spoke out against Netflix mm-hmm. and HBO for streaming, you know, his, uh, the Chappelle, show. the Chappelle show when he really never got paid from the show and he's not getting paid. He didn't know that the shows were being licensed to them. And, you know, he's obviously not receiving any kind of monetary, you know, uh, kickback. And so, you know, he came out and he did a little quick special and it wasn't a special, you know, per se it was, it was a, a show that he was doing. And at the very tail end, you know, he tells his story, um, and how it all came about. But, you know, I thought it was a, a, a powerful moment because he, you know, he, what he did was he explained how through in story form, how it is that Comedy Central, you know, uh, through Viacom took advantage of him and his youth and, you know, through contract and languages that, you know, people can't possibly understand. understand. And then they own his name in perpetuity throughout the universe, right? And so, you know, when you get that kind of language thrown at you, like you really can't understand the significance of it. And so, you know, as a result, you know, he, you know, he spoke to Netflix and said, Hey, look, you know, I don't know, you know, you guys weren't around then, but I don't, and I don't know, I don't think you know how this, you know, history went down and how it made me feel. And, you know, he asked them to, you know, to pull the show and, and to probably his surprise and many others, they They did so. You know what I'm saying? So that was, I mean, that, that's huge. Um, he does have a relationship with, with Netflix. He's done several right, um, right. shows for him that's made made them money. But in regard to, I mean, that's something that they would have paid HBO Viacom for. Oh, yeah, they definitely for, paying for it. You know, yeah. for, for, um, for bringing that show over and for them. Because as far as before we, we knew this, we just knew that the Chappelle show was coming on. So everyone was hyped about right, that because right. they could see the show. And then um, so everyone's hyped to see it. And then Dave comes out like, I need this removed because I'm not getting paid for it. So now it's like no one's watching it. Black people are not watching the show. Right. And that's all. And because Dave asked, he yeah. said, man, look, you ain't got to boycott no network or nothing. Just boycott the show. Mm-hmm. And that's my show. Yeah. But that, hey, until they get it right and pay me, you know what I'm saying? Because what he broke out, he was saying like how Prince, when Prince, you know, came out and named himself the artist. Mm-hmm. The reason why Prince did that is because of how they was writing the contracts and they just would call you the artist and say that, you know, essentially that they own you and, you know, and those kind of things. And it was just like, man, you know, and for me, it, it, it really just rang this tone of accountability, you know, because I think that, you know, with Viacom, we saw a recent situation that's kind of real closely tied to Dave's situation 20 years ago, which is that, you know, Nick Cannon you know, um, had some incidents that, you know, went on as far as, um, you know, he had interviews where, you know, the Jewish community ended up getting offended and there was major controversy and, you know, Viacom having Jewish ownership, you know, canceled his show. And, you know, then there became this big funk about it because Nick Cannon didn't own Nick Cannon, 
you know, show. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and Nick Cannon say through some trickery and through some, you know, clever contracting, you know, they basically took his, his ownership. Yeah. And these contracts, even these record contracts that these Man, artists signed, 360, 360 deals, yeah. signing your life away for a quick dollar. And uh, so it's, it's, it's always like, you know, big corporations trying to feed off, off your backs. They don't want you to do these shows. You can't do merchandise. You can't do anything without them getting their share. Um, so um, we definitely need, I mean, to back our black artists all day long musicians and, and, and then, comedians and, and actresses, actors. Uh, but we also need them to, you know, work out their contracts and get black and learn and black. Learn, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Learn black ownership, and, man. Yeah. And I think these days, man, it's, it's so much different. You know, I, I want, you know, I want to finish that thought on day. We'll come right back to it. But I think that, you know, when you mentioned, start mentioning black ownership, I, you know, it sparked a thought for me, you know, the black ownership is key. You know, in these days, especially in the entertainment space, you know, there's so much technology, so many different ways to stream through the power of the Internet. There's different ways to maintain your ownership. But, you know, I think that, you know, in the music industry, Steve Stout's doing something that I don't think is getting enough pub and, and recognition. So Steve Stout, through United Masters, a company that he owns, essentially allows anybody to put out music. And, you know, if if you don't, if you don't have, if you don't sign up with his service, he has a monthly service with a fee. But if, if you don't don't want to sign up, then you know you you'll get ninety percent of your profits. He'll get ten percent, and and then he has the full infrastructure for you to be able to distribute, do anything with music. And he also has you know deals. He's a you know brand ambassador for the NBA, and so he. He, he's the one who's getting all these artists on Madden and on NBA 2K. 2K. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's ways that that's out there. You know, you know, if you're really passionate about this, I think you got to well, learn yeah, and, and you, find out what's yeah. available. Because now it's, it's, it, you don't really need um, the big boy. the big, big, big corporations, right. right? Like, if you're really moving, you can push YouTube, you can push your Instagram, your, even your personal websites to get your um, – your 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 um <laughs> your viewership up. Oh yeah, yeah. Your viewership yeah. up. I mean, Soldier Boy oh, is the one yeah. who broke the template. Yeah, with, yeah. With YouTube, was that two thousand so what four five somewhere yeah, five so, six somewhere yeah. around there? So yeah. I mean, you really don't need these big corporations. You don't need them for your budget that that you got. They give it to you, then you got to pay them back on the signing on the contract. Right, right. So you really don't need they them for anything, you, man. Um, just I mean, we got a lot of um, black studios now with Tyler Perry coming out with movies, yeah. and, and different things. And like you said, the music industry with Steve Stout. So um, really need to com- communicate and get this black ownership started. Talking about the. Um, the the black owned bank with Big Mike and yeah, Killer Mike, Mike doing man, out there. Yeah. So I mean, we really need to focus on us and, and and change the narrative. And you know, Puff, you know, even though it's fifty percent ownership, that's still major. You know, he was celebrating, you know, fifty percent ownership in uh, you know, was it De Leon, De Leon? Uh, tequila, tequila. You know what I'm saying? And it's just it's just one of them situations where you know, supporting black, you know, building black businesses and supporting black businesses is major. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes to the record industry, you know, you know, for the most part, it's like, you know, I think that, you know, a, 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 a thought that Dr. Claude Anderson gave us, which he, you know, he, he made a statement that we should never be a minority where we're a majority. And, and so what he was really talking about is a situation, even like music, you know, hip hop is, is all black artists, Right. 
we we shouldn't be a minority on the business side, which we are. Like, you know, there's these corporations that's coming in and, you know, monopolizing, you know, the money in hip hop. Mm-hmm. When, when the truth is today, in today's world, hip hop artists, they make their music, they get the beats themselves, they record themselves, and then they bring the prepackaged product to the to the record label. So you really don't need them once you understand, you know, how it is that, you know, if you spend the energy and time to learn the business, you know, Steve yeah, that's Styles. That's what Master said, P did. Yeah, right. That's what P did. That's what Cash Money and them did. A lot of people have done. I mean, you got, you know. Uh, 42. Four, oh, you know, major way. You know, yeah. out west, that's been the game forever. Mm-hmm. Too short, you know, Mac Dre. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Fody, you know, Sebo Nim, you know, Lynch, all them, you know, we, we we have a history, you know, in Northern California, you know, of out the trunk, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it started, you know, on the West Coast, you know, on a major label level by Eazy-E, but they came out the trunk too. You know, people don't remember NWA like that, yeah. but they came out the trunk, you know what I'm saying? And then it just blew, you know, so big, so quick. But, you know, but it, it's one of them things that, you know, Steve Stout said, you know, about... um you know, uh, the music industry, he said, if Drake were to go independent, it would kill the music industry today. You know, as far as the corporations owning the, owning the music industry. And I think that that's how powerful it really is that you have the ability to control your own destiny, own your everything. That's how Jay did, man. Jay owned his everything. And I mean, in hip hop, you know, it's funny that we never saluted that way. But the company that distributes everything is not owned by Russ no more. But Russ that set that whole thing up. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, you know, so ownership, man. Dave Chappelle, I think that the moment that, um, you know, what he did, I think that it's going to bring about this, you know, demand of accountability and, and uh, you know, people going after, you know, their rights, man, you know, after taking these bunk contracts. Yeah, even, even, even <clears throat> excuse me, even um, just like the, with Black Panther, right? I know – that that's uh, two, what they do, like two billion on that? Man, I think two like, billion total, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, close to two billion. Yeah, yeah, right. But they, I mean, they the contracts that they signed were, were, were right. smaller. Ridiculous. Because they didn't know that the movie was going to be so big. So Disney needs to go in and, and yeah, make Disney that, to yeah, make, make that make retroactive. That right. But I mean, like, I mean, like, the thing is, is like, you should go into it that way. Like, hey, you know, give me percentages. You know, we're giving you percentages based on growth. And then you give me the, you you should have a scale of the most outrageous nature. You should say if it makes fifteen billion, this is what you would get paid. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's nothing. You know, again, you know what you know. You know the way Dave Chappelle broke it down was that you know essentially they they are putting you in a position to sign a contract with language that they know you cannot understand, and it is done in a way to take advantage mm-hmm. of you. Purposely. And so yeah, and so you know. That accountability has to be in places that I understand what business is. Business is for me to make the most money. But you also have to have some kind of consideration for the partner that you're doing that business with. And so I think that that's what they're really talking about is that level of accountability. And then also, hopefully, it's an educational moment for, you know, kids and and people that are doing business everywhere is understand your business. Yeah. And bring in a lawyer. I mean, bring in a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. he, and he really had fine. a lawyer, but the lawyer ain't necessarily yeah. for you either. Yeah, exactly. So you got to read that thing with a fine tooth comb and, and and get this. The paperwork has to be right because, like you said, you sign your signature. It's court document. Sign your, document, life, away, sign your life away, and they get the three sixty deals and they sign your name. Yeah, they, own you name. they own his name. They own his name. So it's like it's my yeah. real name. You own it. So yeah, that's yeah, crazy, crazy, man. Yeah, man. So you know, it's crazy, but. 
you know, I just wanted to, you know, give a shout out to Dave Chappelle, yeah. man, for really, you know, bringing the force to the issue, man. I think that it's one that's bringing attention to something that a lot of people, you know, normally don't watch or pay attention to. And I think that Netflix, you know, being a partner with Dave in that moment by saying, hey, we're going to stand by you. Mm-hmm. I think it brought so much more attention yeah, to the huge. moment. Yeah. And, you know, because, I mean, I don't think Dave's moment could have been as big if yeah. Netflix wasn't, you know, on board with it. So, you know, shout out to Netflix, yeah. too, man, for being a good partner, man. Corporate citizens, man. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Netflix. I remember um, when Netflix was just growing, they tried to. Oh, the buy movie the, thing. Yeah, they tried to uh, sell themselves to Blockbuster, and Blockbuster turned them down. Turned like, them nah, down. Nah, They're like, nah. we didn't need you. <laughs> hey, it, it's, it's <laughs> funny, man. You know, Netflix started out, man, with trapping, you know, you know, uh, DVDs, you know, basically to the house, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Send them out. And, you know, mail them, mail them, you know, and it was a concept that at the time that people was like, what? You know what I'm saying? I got the blockbusters of Hollywood video right, right down here. the block. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? And it, and it became something. And, um, you and know, started streaming. Same, same thing with, you know, Amazon. Amazon just wanted to sell more books than, you know, Borders and, and Barnes and Noble. And, Look at them today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Around so, the world. yeah, for me, you know, Pretty it, much. it's just like, man, it, man, dream big, man. You can do anything, man. Hey, you know, you may not be no Amazon, but hey, you'll get somewhere higher than what you would if you wasn't dreaming. Yeah, put your mind to it. Man, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Find out something that you love, man. Plot, plan, and strategize and mobilize around it, man. I bet you you get on, yeah. on my mama. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like you know. That. Hey, DT, man, I, I I want you to lead into this because, you know, you know, the other day, you know, I mean, you know, you yeah, and I yeah, have yeah. had this conversation a lot about, you know, uh, Christianity in America and, you know, really just the hypocrisies that we see. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, man. Yeah. So I just wanted to play a little quick, uh, quick clip and we could talk about it on the other side, but just about uh, Christianity just all over, but specifically in America and how it um, portrays today. Uh so let's listen. That faith was the center of my life. But the way in which that faith had been interpreted in the seminary also had a white Jesus. Now, how are you going to get a European white Jesus in Palestine? You can't get that. But with white theologians, you can get almost anything out of Jesus. So they had reinterpreted Jesus so he looked like them. Dominant religion is always explicitly violent against people who have no power, militarily, economically, and politically, and religiously. If they are the dominant group, like white people are in this country, religion is going to be violent. But for those who are the victims, religion can often be used as a means of resisting the very violence that is being inflicted on them. Yeah, man. You know, so yeah. No, go ahead, DT. No, so so for me, just listen to that clip. It's like just just um, just Republicans or just they they use religion as a as, as a crutch. Uh, KKK says that they're a Christian type organization, mm-hmm. using that to you know um, influence and restrict and um, beat black people. Right. Um, Jesus was not. A white man. He comes from the Middle East, so all right. we all know that he's that he's not. But he's portrayed as a white guy with blue eyes um, through 
these nations, um, Romans and, and yeah, throughout things. Europe, right, European right. nations, European nations. Yeah. and anything they colonized. Yeah. So, so it's not that, you know, the, the hair isn't their hair. Um, it's right. our hair and we're the chosen people, but the way that they have used religion over the years, um, to, you know, uh, again, um, enslave, uh, and restrict uh, movement of people. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So you know me, man. Like I, I, I'm a Christian. I grew up in Christianity in the Christian church. Um, but yes, I, I, I certainly am aware that Christianity has forever been used as a means of control uh, in America and really throughout again uh, European nations and nations that they colonize. It's been used as a system of control. But religion in general has been used as a system of control. I mean, in Muslim nations, the same things mm. occur. There were there was the Crusades, and then there was also you know the Muslim invasions mm. as well. So I mean, again, we've seen you know Christianity and other religions used in violent ways since the beginning of time. Um, yeah. I think that no, yeah, go ahead. No, de- definitely. Um, um, it, Christianity and, and, and the Muslims um, are the two or, largest, or, yeah, or Islam, I should say, yeah, are, Islam, are the, t- yeah. the two largest religions. And, and they've been battling for centuries, millennia uh, yeah. of years from back and forth, the Middle East and, and out. Um, so religion does get quite, um, you know, um, heated and in, in, in confrontational right. wars, uh, people getting killed. But again, it is controlling. Uh, a method to control the masses of people. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, um, Christianity has had um, these um, accountability moments, you know, before, you know, Martin Luther, who, if you're not familiar with is who Martin Luther King singer, you know, changed his name after. And, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. We know, but Martin Luther was I want to say 15th, 16th century, you know, but he was banished from the Catholic church essentially for speaking truth to power. Um, you know, you know, exposing how it is that they used it as a system of control and as a means to gain wealth opposed to its true nature. And so, um, you know, to do that, what they did is the book was, the, the Bible was only available in Latin and, um, most people didn't speak Latin. And so they had to then rely upon, you know, um, they had to rely upon the priest to give them the meaning. And so, you know, I think it's one of those situations where you see it was, it was controlled in, in that sense, meaning I, I can, I can only interpret and tell you the message and the message is always something that's going to benefit the, the people who are in power and the people who are at the bottom who will have to bear the burdens and so in America, you know, you see that same thing today. Um, again, it's been politicized. It's been um, it's been something that's been used for personal gain. It's something that um, has been used to divide. And, and so I think that, um, you know, I think, you know, you, you look at Sean King, who, who made an observation that anyone who's honest and true would have to make when he stated that Jesus wasn't white, he said the same thing that the gentleman in the clip, you know, mentioned, which is that Jesus was, was from Palestine. You know, there were no white people in Palestine with blonde hair and blue eyes yeah. ever. Right. And so, you know, we know that he had to have had darker skin. We know that he hid in Egypt when he was a child 
no blonde hair, blue eyed child can hide in Egypt and not be found. And so it, it's, it's a situation where um, it's clear that Jesus was brown or black skin. It don't matter, you know, but I'm saying it, you know, somebody to make that observation and then have to real life get full time security for he and his family because the message has been so corrupted with lies and violence. If you go back and you study the slave mm-hmm. Bible, the slave Bible essentially uh, removed most of the New Testament and all of the Old Testament exodus and anything that talked about freedom, right? It was a means to control you. They told you a message and they used a message where they twisted it and made it sound like you had to endure these, these sufferings and tragedies and all of these different things. And they took the anything out that talked about freedom and what Christianity really is about. It's about liberty. It's about freedom. It's about discipline. And so that's what it's about. But they, they corrupted the message because they wanted to control those slaves. And so that's what we see. That's what we always going to have to fight against. But, um, yeah, you know, the person who got all the power keeps the power. Yeah. So uh, j- just to, uh, just to close it out, just in, in America, I mean, the Bible teaches us that we should take care of the poor right. and the sickly. And with America being the richest country in the world, people are, are hungry. Uh, people are dying. Um, people are out of work. Um, and it shouldn't be that way. We dispose of more food per day than a lot of countries um, produce yeah, per year. Yeah, right. Um, right. I, I was looking at at a picture of Ethiopia uh, yesterday, and it was cows drinking the same water that little kids were filling buckets right. of water with to drink and to wash their clothes with. And those are third world countries, but it's it's just sickening that 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 amount of poverty is going on in a world where we're supposed to be taking care of each other. Right. I mean, you don't have to go to Ethiopia to find scenes that are just as repulsive in America where um, there's so much abundance. You know, you know, the one thing that I, I you know, being a Christian, you know, I'm, but I'm an honest Christian, you know, there's problems within the Christian church that need to be addressed by leadership. You know, one, specifically in the black church, you know, there, you know, there is this movement toward, um, you know, the um, economic Christianity where money is the central focus and it's the central message that's being preached. And, and if you don't have any money, then you couldn't be godly. Mm -hmm. And you see pastors who are, you know, collecting funds for jets that are, that cost a hundred million dollars where, just around the corner from your church, there are neighborhoods where yes. the kids are killing each other. Mm-hmm. And oh. if you invested that hundred million dollars into those communities, then it would change them forever, forever. And we do not care enough to say something. Yeah, you go you to yeah, you go to the black church and you see the pastors with the luxury cars, and Bentleys, yeah, and luxury and houses, homes and, yeah. and different things, and their parishioners, you know. They're going they're struggling, mamas, struggling, man. Yeah. you know, losing their jobs with their, you know, they're tithing, you know, praying to God and, and different things and, you know, trying to get their blessings. Um, but when you are in a position, I, I feel in a church and, and people are, are giving and in the good times. Right. So you should be stacking that that money or whatever. Then in the bad times, you should be able to help. 
right. a few people within the community, within your parishioners right. or something. But again, again, the central message when it comes to, and this is the same thing I said Martin Luther was speaking against in those times. What they would do is sell blessings in those times. They would say that, hey, if you give me this amount of money, then I can pray to God he's going to give you this kind of blessing. And they do this same thing today. And what's happening is that the true message should be is that if you're disciplined with your money, then you can be blessed, right? Because the more money that you stack, you know, I there was something that changed my life as far as understanding about how to how to prepare, you know, and and as far as you know um, how to how it is to grow wealth and then to to succeed in other areas. A pastor said something in two thousand five, you know, right before I went to Bible school. You know, he said that um, he said that. Um, talking about savings, he said, you may not be able to save any, you know, a lot of money. You might only be able to save $5 a month. He said, you know, but if you save $5 a month, he said, at the end of 15 years, you're going to have something. If you don't do anything, you won't have anything, anything. but 15 years is still going to pass. <laughs> and so, you know, so that started me to just start saving a little bit and started my understanding and moving. You know what I'm saying? And 15 years later, I got a little something put up. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's a situation where 15 years passed no matter what I was going to do, and it hit me that way. And so I think that that's the thing that people have to kind of, you know, understand, man. It, it's, a, it's a situation where there's practicality that has to be preached to people. There is no wishing and hoping. This lottery mentality is devilish, man. Like you, you, everybody wants something for nothing. It don't come that way, man. And so, if you discipline yourself, then you probably won't need the church to give you the money. You can help somebody else because you've you've been a good steward of what actually came into your hands, right? And so, you know, it, it, it's a it's a deep message. It's a lot of things that have to get rooted out. But I want to say this, man. You know, as, as you know, you know, final thought, unless you got something else is that, you know, um, you know, when you look at America, America is proclaiming that they are a Christian nation. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you talk about demographics wise, I, I haven't seen numbers in a while, but I think somewhere around 65% of the population is sent to Christianity. Yeah, right. And so, um, you know, the majority of those people are white. And, um, you know, but, and then secondly, probably black and, you know, and then, you know, just depending on how some people, de you know, define, you know, you know, uh, Catholicism, some people call it Christianity. Some people don't, I, I call it Christianity, but, you know, but 65 plus percent, you know, and most of those people who are claiming to be Christianities are really the power brokers. You know, you see through these elections that the evangelicals are very powerful. Mm -hmm. That's because they own businesses. They are in power positions, senators, mm -hmm. all of these different things. Right. And so these are the people who are um, the church. Right. And they complain that there's all of these issues in America or there's all of these problems. And I would agree. But when you are the power brokers, you're in the positions of power. You're the ones who have the influence to put down and to set up presidents. You can't complain that things aren't going in your favor. If there's failure, you're the one to blame because you're the one who has the most control 
over the situation. And so I think that as Christians, man, we really need to wake up and, and examine and see what we're doing again. You can't say you love Jesus and not visit the sick. You can't say you love Jesus and not visit the imprisoned. You can't say that you love Jesus and not feed the poor and give them something to drink when they thirst, man. Yeah. Hey, the scriptures say that um, what is it to say to a man, be warmed and be filled and not give him those n- things that are necessary to be warmed and be filled, man. Hey, you can't talk about it. You got to be about it. Yeah, get up there, man, and uh, help your common man if you can. Man, yeah, hey, look, it's a cold season right now, man. You know what I'm saying? It's cold outside physically, but it's cold outside economically for a lot of people. You know, food bank lines are, you know, around the corner. So, man, if there's somebody you can help, I mean, you don't necessarily even have to donate to – um, a food bank. If you know somebody personally that you know need need help, man, go st- take a sack of groceries or something, man. And, and uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Just help out any way you can. And I know a lot of people give, and and it's like if if you don't do it on social media, you didn't do it or something like that. But yeah, you don't man, have to stop give. that. Yeah, yeah social media stuff like is that. man. Look, I don't like that. And if man, you want to yeah. do it from the bottom of your heart, then do it. You don't have to show people and show people at, at their worst, right. showing that you're giving them some shoes or food or something like yeah, that. People don't like people don't like to be helped a lot of times because of pride. And so, you know what I'm saying? So why would you then impact that man's pride by trying to display him, and you know, like you said, at his lowest and yeah. his worst, man. Nah, man, lift that brother up in private, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. So, hey, look. Hey, hey, to the next time, man. Uh, it's your boy Big Bar from the Deuce. It's DT. Man, look, this is Culture Ground Zero, man. Ground Zero. Wow. Peace.